Welcome to episode 210 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, maybe you want to eat like royalty on the trail. That's great but you don't need a 15-piece place setting to make that happen. What does it take to shovel food from your cook pot to your mouth? Then we'll talk about our top five favorite post-trip meals. Next, we'll share our recommendations for backpacking gear that can go seamlessly from trail to your off-trail lunchbox. And we'll wrap things up with a quote from our favorite Dutch post-impressionist painter. All this, and that's about it today on the first 40 miles. Just in case you missed episode 209's big announcement, or if you're new to the podcast, we announced last episode that we'll be wrapping up the first 40 miles. It's been amazing. We've had incredible conversations with listeners. We've been exposed to so many new ideas as we've been on this backpacking adventure. And anytime you go outside, it changes you. And I'm really grateful that we've been able to share that message with the first 40 milers. So we'll be wrapping up in mid-December. You can look for our final episode, which will be episode 214. When I first started backpacking, I did some browsing in the outdoor store and kind of looked for things to fill my mess kit, you know, fork, knife, spoon, an aluminum cup, an aluminum plate, maybe a bowl, uh, a napkin, I don't know, like what else goes in a mess kit? The whole idea is you want to have something to hold your food and you want to have something to get your food from the vessel to your mouth. And so in my mind, I'm having this battle of the utensils. You know, what am I supposed to bring? There's the fork, knife, spoon option. You can bring one of everything. There's the spork. There's the spoon, knife, fork, or spoon, a fork, I guess, (laughs) where it has a spoon on one end and then a fork on the other end that has a serrated edge on one tine of the fork. There's the long spoon, usually made out of titanium, which is very popular. There's even the chopsticks option. And then you also even have the option of taking nothing. I mean, if you're just going to eat with your hands, that's how they did it back in the day uh, before utensils were a thing. Um, And then you get to look at all the different materials that are used for utensils. There's plastic, which has benefits and drawbacks. It's not heat proof, so you have to be careful how you use plastic around the fire. There's titanium, which tends to be a little more expensive, but really durable. And then there's bamboo, which is a renewable resource and is gaining popularity. It's extremely strong and lightweight. Before you got into backpacking with me, I never thought twice about my utensils for my mess kit. It was a spoon, a fork, and a knife from the thrift store, something made out of stainless steel or whatever. And they were in my mess kit and stayed there for like years. Which is totally fine. 
But you introduced me to a lot of different options, uh, especially as we started up the podcast and we got exposed to all these different uh, options from different companies using different materials and different designs. And, and it's amazing how much variety there is. And there's nothing wrong with just grabbing a fork, knife, and spoon from your kitchen drawer and taking that with you on the trip. But if you want to kind of tweak your utensils, it can cut down on weight and actually make your utensils multi-use. So first thing I think, you can probably ditch the fork. That was something that I discovered after backpacking a few times, that there's nothing that a fork can do that a spoon can't do on the trail. At least with backpacking food. It's right. not like you're sticking your fork into a salad. That would be a lovely backpacking meal, but the calorie density is all wrong and the ingredients would all wilt. And so the things that you use a fork for at home that would be really awkward with a spoon are not typically things that you have on a backpacking trip for your meal. Right. So usually you're just scooping up, we'll call it globs of food <laughs> yeah. on, on the trail. You're just scooping it up and spooning it in. So you can probably leave the fork at home next time. Now for the knife, I think it really makes sense to bring a pocket knife. So if the knife that you have in your mess kit can't be used for something else like whittling or for first aid or something, then you can probably leave that one at home. It's kind of surprised me how popular chopsticks have gotten on the trail. Have you ever brought a pair of chopsticks on a backpacking trip? I don't know if I've ever packed a pair, uh, but I have used chopsticks on the trail. Just find a couple sticks. It's easy. Yeah, and the cool thing about chopsticks is you can actually get backpacking chopsticks, which sounds super niche. Yeah, and really. Like a ridiculous product, but they unscrew and you can shorten them so that they don't take up as much space in your pack. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really cool. You can get titanium chopsticks, bamboo chopsticks, half and half titanium and bamboo. So lots of options for chopsticks. In the past, we have tested out some really small short-handled forks and spoons or a fork spoon combined. The short-handled stuff doesn't really work because usually you're digging into a bag or you're digging into a mug and having this short little fork makes it so your hand gets all saucy. So having a long-handled spoon is really helpful. One of our hacks a while ago was how to lengthen a regular spoon and turn it into a long-handled spoon. So even if you just have a regular spoon, you can lengthen it just using a rubber band and a stick. So where does this leave us? It sounds like we've cut out the fork and the knife, and we're really just down to a spoon, preferably a long enough handle to get into a deep bag. That one utensil will do for most backpacking trips. Yeah, and then a pocket knife in case you bring cheese or you want to open your package of freeze-dried food. But you're right. I've boiled it down to a long-handled spoon. That's pretty much what I've done, too. So my mess kit consists of a Sierra cup and a spoon. And every time I go out on a trip, I dig through our box of utensils and pick out something. Um, so sometimes I end up with uh, a very simple stainless steel spoon. Other times I grab titanium spoons. I like those a lot. And I'd say most of the time I grab this uh, blue plastic spoon that we have. So it's not disposable plastic spoon. It's a higher quality than that. It has a larger... Uh, bowl? Bowl, yeah. yeah. And it has a larger, longer handle. And works out great. 
One more feature that I like about the spoon that I use is it has a hole in the top so that I can clip it to the outside of my pack or secure it to my mug with a carabiner. And I also want to point out that that spoon that I have, the long-handled spoon, I think it was around $10 on Amazon wasn't a lot and they do have a lot of titanium spoon options on Amazon. So in terms of titanium, it's one of the less expensive pieces of titanium gear that you can buy. And really we're sharing this not because there's a right way or a wrong way to pack utensils, but because maybe you haven't thought about it before. Like Josh, you know, you've gone for years or you had gone for years just bringing the same utensils and there are options out there. Maybe someone on their next trip will bring chopsticks. Or a bag of Frito scoops, which is basically like a spoon that's edible. That's a great idea. Sounds good, too. <laughs> I think I might change my spoon option on our next trip. And it only costs a couple bucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> For today's top five list, we'll be sharing the top five best post-trip meals. A lot of people while they're on the trail will start to plan their post-trip meals. They'll imagine the best meal possible. And that food when you get home is so great because for most of the time on the trail, food tends to be mono-textured. <laughs> um, there's a lot of repetitive stuff. Maybe you get food fatigue and just the idea of knowing that you can't just run to a grocery store and pick up a fresh orange or a can of refried beans or whatever it is that you're craving can just make you kind of food crazy by the end of the trip. Also on the trail, we tend to be a little bit veggie deprived and there's something really satisfying about vegetables. I mean, they are nutritionally dense, but also fruits and vegetables have really great, unique textures that are super satisfying. So in today's top five list, we've included a lot of meals with vegetables, but also some popular things that we've heard a lot of people talk about on backpacking trips. So the number one best post-trip meal is fried rice. And we put this on the list for sentimental reasons. Josh took me on a hike to Gem Lake, up in the Seattle area while we were dating. And I think this is one of those test dates to see if she was good enough, <laughs> that kind <laughs> of thing. Can she handle it? Um, anyway, it was exhausting. I, I don't remember how long it was, but I think you looked it up and said it was around eight or 10 miles. Yeah. Around there, yeah. Um, it was just a little day trip, but by the time we got back, I was exhausted and we went back to Josh's house and I just crashed and he had enough energy left to make dinner. So maybe that was my way of testing him. Whoa, oh, gotcha. <laughs> so he cooked some rice, got some frozen mixed vegetables out of the freezer, an egg, and I think there was some ham in there too. Anyway, he whipped together the best fried rice I have ever had. And since then, it's kind of a tradition to make fried rice when we're just bushed, like when there's nothing else that we have energy for. Usually I have rice that's pre-cooked that's just 
stuffed in the freezer or sometimes I put it in the fridge that's, that's left over from another meal or something. We always have frozen mixed vegetables. We always have eggs and usually there's some frozen ham or bacon in the freezer. Um, you mix that with some soy sauce in a pan with some oil and you have the perfect meal. It really is the perfect mix of carbs and vegetables and fat and flavor. It's just super satisfying and it's colorful and looks like confetti. And it is authentic Chinese. Oh, I had it all the time in Taiwan. Oh, perfect. And that's exactly what it is, is rice that's left over that's maybe a day old or been in the freezer with some veggies and meat and eggs added, a little bit of soy sauce. That's all there is to it. Secrets of fried rice revealed next on the first 40 miles. Yeah. And I think I like it so much as a post-trip meal because it's just a, a nice load of carbs. You're tired, kind of out of energy, and this just loads you back up. It's great. I agree. The number two best post-trip meal is taco soup. And this is for when you have nothing left and you just want to come home to something you can dump and heat up and it's super easy. So taco soup, I'm going to give you a rough, quick and dirty recipe for it, but there is no like authentic recipe for it. I usually take a pot and just dump in a can of corn, a can of diced tomatoes, a can of black beans that have been rinsed and drained so your whole soup doesn't turn gray, and then a packet of taco seasoning or a tablespoon or two of chili powder. If you want to get crazy, you could even add some ground beef to it, uh, sprinkle cheese on top, add diced green chilies to it. But you can just keep it simple, serve it with some tortilla chips and some grated cheese, and you're done. Oh, did I say to heat it up? Heat it up, and then you can eat it. The number three best post-trip meal is burgers slash pizza, something off the trail, Usually through hikers are talking about this kind of stuff a lot. Burgers and pizza, pizza and burgers, just something fatty and rich and lots of it. Big food. There are lots of restaurants off of the big trails that cater to through hikers. But even if you're not a through hiker, grabbing a burger or some pizza after a trip is a really fun tradition. You don't have to cook it at home. Just go out after your trip and find some burger pizza dive and load up on calories. The number four best post-trip meal is a super salad. Now this one does take some energy to put together, but it's so worth it. I have this little formula for doing super salad. Usually I have some kind of green, like romaine lettuce that I chop up. Then I have some kind of cut fruit. So either an apple or an orange or even dried fruit like cranberries. And then I chop up a few vegetables. So that could be like red onion, red bell pepper, or celery. And then I add some nuts on top. And then I top the whole thing with poppy seed dressing. That is my go-to dressing. It's so good. Or sometimes I'll also squeeze lemon juice or lime juice over the whole salad with some garlic and salt and pepper to season it. It is a super satisfying salad, especially if you feel like you've been veggie deprived. It's a great go-to salad, and it keeps for a few days in the fridge. So if you don't finish it all in one meal, it's a great lunch, great dinner. Have you ever had it for breakfast? Mm, I don't think so. No. Okay. Super salad is one of my favorite meals because it makes me feel so good, but also because I love to just add a ton of different things into it. I can pull out a can of beans 
black beans, garbanzo beans, navy beans, whatever, corn, peas. There's a million things you can put on a super salad. And for me, like the more I put on it, the more fun it is. And I just load it up with it. It's so full of texture, which is that thing that I miss in backpacking meals. So by the time I'm done clearing a plate of super salad that's been mounded high, oh, I just feel great. You feel like you could go out backpacking again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the number five best post-trip meal. This isn't really a meal, but it's something that we always get after we go backpacking is some kind of frozen food like ice cream or slushies. And I think this is something that we crave, like especially if it's a hot trip, you just crave something cooling. And I think it's also the carb thing too. You just need to reload on carbs. Simple carbs. So I'm curious, I want to ask our listeners, what's the thing that you crave the most at the end of a backpacking trip? What are those foods that you're thinking about while you're hiking and you can't wait to get back to? So for today's Summit Gear Review, I kind of just wanted to talk about options that you can bring on the trail for eating your food that you can also take with you to the office or to school because we talk a lot on the show about multi-use gear. So I love the idea of backpacking gear that can also be used for real life applications. So I wanted to share a couple options of things that I found that can be used on the trail and off the trail. And the first thing is a set of utensils from Chico. So this set of utensils has a fork, knife, and spoon in it, along with a pair of chopsticks. And it all comes in this cute little kind of fold down Velcro closure packet. And on the back of it is a tab with a carabiner. So if you're going to take this to the office or for school, for lunch, you can just keep all the utensils in there because weight doesn't really matter in that application. But if you're going to take it backpacking, you can just take out what you don't need. And what makes this set of utensils so great for backpacking is that they're made out of bamboo. So they're ultra lightweight, super strong and compact. So this set of utensils is called To Go Wear, To Go Wear from Chico. The other piece of gear that I wanted to talk about that's kind of a crossover piece of gear is called Eco Lunchbox. They have lots of different sizes and designs, but it is a stainless steel bento system. So you have these stacking containers that you can also use as a pot. So the one that I have has latches on the top. You just pop those off. and you have three containers. So each of the containers are about the same size, about an inch and a half in depth and about five inches in diameter. And in order to use them as a pot, you'll need a pot grabber, which turns each one of these little stackable containers into its own pot. And then when you're done, you rinse it out, you stack it up, latch the lid, and it's all self-contained. So this is one of those pieces of gear You'll be using it 99% of the time for eating lunch in your office or at school, but it's compact enough and has some really valuable features that make it so you can actually bring it on the trail. And we'll have a link to to-go wear and eco lunch boxes in today's show notes. And you can find that at thefirst40miles.com slash 210. For today's backpack hack of the week, the dollar store food haul. If you're looking for some food for your next backpacking trip, the local dollar store might be just the place. More and more dollar stores these days are carrying a little bit of a selection of food. 
or maybe a lot of food. Our local dollar store, I'd say it's close to half of the store. Yeah, you is can food. pretty much get anything that you would be looking for there. Right. So you can pick up coconut oil, uh, Jif peanut butter to go packets, the little containers, nuts and seeds. Uh, of course, they have top ramen. They have oatmeal packets. They have cold cereal. They have pop tarts. Of course, their own brand. <laughs> um, Toaster pastries, you mean? Toaster pastries. <laughs> the great thing about food at the dollar store is that it's usually in smaller packages. So maybe you're not getting a great, great deal because it would be a much better deal to buy in bulk. But you're getting a small size, which is sometimes just what you need for a backpacking trip. Just something small, portable to add to your food stash. So next time you head out backpacking, check out the dollar store. You'll find lots of single serving stuff, lots of variety, and an interesting mix of food. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Vincent Van Gogh. He said, if you truly love nature, you will find beauty everywhere. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out thefirst40miles.com slash shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Then we'll talk about our top five favorite post-meal, post-meal trips. <laughs> post-trip meals. Post-meal trips, huh? <laughs> <laughs> trips that we take after a meal. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some of those. <laughs> For today's top five list, we're going to be sharing the top five best post-meal trips. <laughs> what? You did it again. Post-meal trips? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Why do I do that? <laughs> I don't know. Post-meal sounds like oatmeal. I, I have <laughs> and no I idea. I love oatmeal. Right. <laughs> I did have it for breakfast this morning. Uh.